0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you can join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Joining me on today's show, Miss
1: Wendy Thomas. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. Recording on July 19th, live on cornerofthegalaxy.com, of course. July 19th, a Thursday, just before the LA Galaxy. uh, Get ready to face off against the Philadelphia Union in their second straight East Coast game. So uh, a lot of travel for the Galaxy, certainly something we'll talk about a little bit here. And then uh, the Galaxy getting ready for another short week against LAFC as they'll play them next Thursday. So a bunch of games in a very small amount of time. We're glad that you could join us, and hopefully we will keep you entertained for the next 60 minutes lots of questions heading into Philadelphia. I can say Wendy at least uh, from the very top I don't I don't know if you'll get this. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Twitter storm. Uh, that has been facing, uh, that is going uh, MLS soccer and U.S. Open Cup. But I can say at least for this particular podcast, we have the uh, the current amount of foreign players eligible for the podcast. So,
2: See, now, when you say, I don't know if you've been following the Twitter storm, that could mean anything. Because <laughs> when you open up Twitter, there's, it's not just one storm. It's, first of all, there's a tornado, there's a tsunami, there's a cyclone. There's so many different storms going on all at once that you have to give me a cue as to which one you're talking about. But yes, with respect to that particular storm, I am aware of it. Haven't followed it closely because that's a storm that really just evolved over the past few weather cycles.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, and granted, it, it was uh, LAFC in Portland played in a U.S. Open Cup game on Wednesday night. And the Timbers filed a protest saying that LAFC had too many foreign players because in U.S. Open Cup, the number, which, by the way, I had no idea. This is all news to me. I didn't I didn't know this was a I thing. I had
2: no idea. Yeah, it's more rules, more rules, it is, more but, nonsense rules. But it's
1: different rules for different because US Open Cup says that you're not allowed to have more than 5 international players on the 18 man roster and so um depending on how you count the, their Canadians whether or not US Soccer said yes or no whatever uh, LAFC may be in violation of that rule and I don't think anything's going to come of it. It seems like it was a uh, three different organizations all falling asleep on the switch. Uh, which, is, which is really nice, makes you feel good about U.S. soccer, MLS, and of course the individual teams. I will tell you this, I did ask somebody, uh, uh, somebody who would have some knowledge of this is if if this was a thing that MLS teams were aware of or not aware of, and this person came back and said, oh, we're very aware that the U.S. Open Cup International's rules are different than MLS, and we always take that into account whenever we're putting together the lineups. And so this is not something that should have been a surprise to anybody in the front office organizations when it may be a surprise to you and me who have never heard of this rule that it was different than MLS rules or anything. And uh, somebody said, uh, I, I knew all about this rule and i'm like okay so i'm just the moron i'll gladly be the moron <laughs> no
2: no 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 no. No, <laughs> so. you're not a moron listen mls already has plenty of rules and the u.s open cup having its own like, entire regime of rules it really reminds me of the guy within the corporation who doesn't really contribute anything to any meetings or anything like that and so he like creates tasks for himself that are nonsensical just so have a reason to exist. So there's like someone who is affiliated with the Open Cup who yeah. didn't have something to do. He's like, I'm going to create some rules and then I'll implement them and my implementation of the rules will give me a reason to have a job. Maybe. Because I don't really know what the point is of all these nonsense rules. Rules about finding refs, for criticizing MLS pro referees. There's rules, I mean, salary rules, allocation rules. There's rules with respect to acquiring uh, players from overseas. There's rules with respect to trading players. There's so many rules. And I am someone who prides myself. I live with rules in and out of my daily life all day, every day. And even I think it's obnoxious how many rules a professional soccer in the United States has created for itself.
1: I'm sure that there's eventually a breaking point where they say, hey, we got to get rid of some of this stuff But I don't think we're there yet. Right now, it's just layer upon layer, which, by the way, gives me a job, like, you know, let's put it in quotation marks, gives gives me a job because it's my job to know all these rules, and then I sound smart and can relay them all to you, but I was caught sleeping at the switch on this one. It will not happen again, though. Next year, I'll be the first one to remind everybody.
2: Why don't we just increase the salary cap to, like, $7 million per team and and abolish all of the salary cap rules. What would be, give me a reason why that's a terrible idea. You'd
1: still need designated player slots for that, even if you made it $7 million, because, you know, you look at Toronto FC, who has a a ridiculously high, uh, you know, paying all their DPs, six, $7 million each. Um, So they would be over the salary cap, Uh, which I'm for, by the way, I am for raising the salary cap and still keeping the designated player, you know, sort of uh, responses. And I would probably get rid of max budget and just let them pay everybody except for these three players under the cap. And that that works for me. It makes it makes life simpler, but you're still going to have international slots that you have to deal with. You're still going to have all these other things that you are going to deal with. Um, so I mean, you can you can it makes sense, Wendy, which means it, it absolutely makes. won't happen, all right? <laughs> Not any times. So, anyway. Yeah. Alright, so we go through that. Uh, coming off the LA Galaxy, a 3-2 win over the New England Revolution. If you caught my show on Monday with Mr. Kevin Baxter in transit back from Russia and now apparently still alive. He was pretty sick for a while. Uh, it was just me on, on the Monday night show um, and I think I, I did a pretty good job of breaking down this game. In fact, broke down the goals but uh, Wendy, I'll give you a chance to, to weigh in on it so that way we can have a little bit different perspective. Maybe you see things completely different than me but 3-2 win. You get all three points. Uh, you, you lose Ashley Cole and you lose Perry Kitchen for the next game um, but overall I think everybody's kind of happy they got the three points
2: mm, I don't, I mean so I ex- I had a fabulous time watching the game, I was watching it over at Common Space Brewery in Hawthorne um, shout out to Josie who I believe has an ownership interest in that brewery, it's fabulous, wonderful at Leslie's birthday party they had a huge screen showing the Galaxy game, nice. tons of Galaxy fans, everyone was having a killer time However, I thought the Galaxy were pretty terrible, and that was a straight-up highway robbery of <laughs> the New England Revolution. Well, there is no way we should have won that game. We literally – I mean, Chris Pontius, man of the match. Holy moly, Chris Pontius, you are having yourself a year at MLS because you – I mean, he is – Chris Pontius is the exact, like, yeoman player – career MLS player he is uh, your Mike McGee your Jeff Loranowitz, your your MLS guy who was having himself a very fine year playing soccer for the LA Galaxy but really our performance was not good so not I mean I'm thrilled we got the points we didn't deserve them yeah. but I'm thrilled we got them not happy about Ashley Cole getting a red I understand he was frustrated uh, it was a very frustrating game. He had one unbelievable, he had one unbelievable clearance off the line, maybe around the 70th yeah, minute, right around there. Uh-huh. headbutting the, which is just amazing that he does that. I, I mean, it's amazing that he does that. But not happy about that. Not happy about Kitchen being on yellow card watch. So, all in all, um, disappointing performance. But I congratulate the Galaxy on the heist.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The heist and uh, and everything else. I'll tell you this, if Ashley Cole doesn't get red-carded, the Galaxy lose that game. That's pretty obvious. Um, this Galaxy team can't play with possession. That was really what I talked about on Monday, was that uh, this Galaxy team can't play with possession, and in fact, going up a man so early in that game was a detriment to the game plan they were trying to work. In fact, they probably would have had more success against New England had it been 11 v 11, and New England was able to press, and the Galaxy were able to counter against them. Um, but the fact that they got up a man, and it's, it's crazy to say, but it, it, this the stats sort of prove it out. Siggy Schmidt almost even admits that there's something to this sort of quote unquote, he's going to call it a style of play, which I agree with. It is a style of play. Um, but that this is how the galaxy have to play. And if you've looked at their victories, if you looked at their wins, I mean, you look at Columbus, and I think Columbus had 60% of the possession. The galaxy had 40%. Uh, the galaxy are a very direct team. And so they weren't able to play direct. They weren't able to do the things that they do run on the counter, um, you know, open up spaces in behind people whenever New England is sitting back defending the goal. So once Ashley Cole got red carded, New England thought that they had uh, they had the game in the bag. They were a little more relaxed. They knew that they could press 10v10 now. Uh, they moved forward a little bit, and quite honestly, it allowed the Galaxy to get in behind them. Ima Boateng exploited that space. Uh, the set piece that eventually was created off of Ima, you know, making some good passes down there. Uh, Roman Alessandrini finding Dave Romney on the back post. Then it was, oh, this game is tied, and New England thought that they were going to get forward and try to score score a goal again because they had been winning the whole time. Um, And what you see there is the Galaxy able to get in behind and, you know, certainly get lucky um, from Giovanni dos Santos, either on purpose. Let's say it was on purpose, on purpose, swinging and missing that ball. Let's give give the guys some credit. All
2: right. He did it on purpose. First of all, I think it's that third goal came out of. Nowhere. And I was literally sitting next to Hugo, who is Juice uh-huh. on Twitter. A lot of people, you know him. I was literally sitting next to him watching the game, the galaxy, the even it up. And he literally says, What if they score a third goal? And, and then do. seconds, seconds after he says that, they score the third goal. I was like, Holy moly, what are you, psychic man? That was shocking. That came out of nowhere, totally unintentional from Giovanni Dos Santos. Definitely not an I'm intentional. Dummy. Totally
1: on purpose. Absolutely on. no. Yeah, You're whatever. Giving
2: mm. him a lot of credit. I'm,
1: I, hey, there's people who say that I'm too hard on him. So let's just give him this one. Why not hand it over? Say, Geo, that was some fine magic you pulled off there. Good job. Um, so yeah no I mean all those things these come in but really without Ashley Cole getting red card, the Galaxy have no chance in that game New England stays back uh, they defend and everything sort of happens the way that it happens um, the Galaxy are not a possession team they can't be they're a direct team that's why Zlatan Ibrahimovic is so dangerous on this team is they're able to play directly to him and he can score goals now granted no Zlatan in this game and we talked about it on Monday it was strictly because Siggy Schmidt said uh, Zlatan ain't playing on no turf and that's a paraphrase yes. that's not a direct and
2: I 100 uh, percent agree with that. I do not think that someone who is 36 years old who suffered a horrible knee injury maybe 18 months ago should be going anywhere near New England's rug or Portland's or Seattle's. I don't I don't think
1: yeah, I I think
2: that's I agree with that decision the the
1: Galaxy only have two more games in the regular season and Siggy says he'll play on in the playoffs but in the regular season only two more games once at Seattle once at Minnesota Um, he shouldn't make either of those trips as far as I'm concerned. So um, you'll see what happens though as you get later into the season. The problem is that Minnesota game is like the second to last game Wendy. So if the Galaxy really need points is Latan not going to go to Minnesota which by the way Uh, I don't that's
2: where Baggio who like broke his leg that is. a year ago.
1: Yeah, Yellow Von Dom got hurt in that game as well on the uh. turf and criticized that turf. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of bad things that happened uh during that game and, and everything that happened. So yeah, it is. It is certainly there. Um, it's funny. Uh, Mike, Mike Gray, who's in the uh, chat room was talking about Gio and he says, and he's screaming in all caps. Of course I can read his sarcasm. He goes, it was a dummy a hundred percent intentional uh, from Giovanni del Santos on that. Um, and I think people are playing off the word dummy on that. I just, that maybe that's me. Maybe that's my <laughs> bias. Maybe Someone,
2: th- someone's a dummy. Maybe
1: that's my bias showing through Wendy. I don't know, but, uh, however it looks, but, uh, you look at the galaxy and the amount of possession that they had in this game, 63%. Um, to New England's, you know, 37%. Um, And whenever you look at that, you can see the problem the Galaxy have whenever they have possession. They can't play possession. What happens when they play possession, Wendy? They give the ball away. What happens when they give the ball away? They get scored on. Um, All of these things happen, and you can almost predict them. So if you're looking for one of the reasons the Galaxy have been rather successful on the road this year, they're 3-3-3 on the road, Wendy, 12 points. Uh, One of the reasons they are is because usually the home team has more possession. Um, we've even seen the Galaxy's wins at home that they're more direct and usually don't have the possession. So throw out the possession stat from here on out, okay? Just toss it out. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, this Galaxy team, it doesn't work right now for what they're trying to do and how they move the ball. Um, but the New England game... Really was, and Siggy Schmidt talked about it, uh, you know, sort of all evening out, Wendy, is that New England England game is probably a game they don't deserve to win, um, but they did. Um, But they did deserve probably to win against DC United and San Jose earlier. And so, as Siggy said, we dropped four points in those games and we stole three points in this one, again, paraphrasing. Um, and he goes, so technically we're still behind, but people are also doing the math, Wendy, because, you know, people can't hesitate from doing the math. Uh, If the Galaxy had these three points and the other three points that they should have gotten against DC and against uh, San Jose, uh, you would take 28 and you would add four, and that would give 32 points, and 32 points right now is good enough for fourth in the Western Conference instead of the sixth in the Western Conference, which, by the way, by the way, Sixth in the Western Conference is a playoff spot right now, and your LA Galaxy are in the playoff position for the first time since I think Week Nine of the <laughs> season, uh, and that was right after they beat LAFC. So uh, that was the last time the Galaxy have been in a playoff position. But we've been saying that, or at least I've been saying that this team, as constituted right now, is a playoff can make the team. Playoffs, yeah, yeah, they can. Um, and you look at the teams that are above them, Real Salt Lake. Um, I think they're pretty even with Real Salt Lake, and they may be better than Real Salt Lake. RSL isn't scaring me. Um, I think Portland is; they're pretty even with. We've seen that over the two games they played them. Uh, I think Sporting Kansas City, I think LAFC right now, and I think FC Dallas are both better than them. So if you're looking at the Galaxy, they're a fourth, fifth place team in the Western Conference if yeah. all things are sort of equal right now, and that may end up playing out. So that's not a horrible place to be in.
2: We also have some... I guess, quote unquote, easier games down the stretch. I know we're playing Minnesota a couple of times. We are playing Seattle. Seattle's not great this year. So we are, we should pick up points because we did have um, sort of a front loaded schedule in terms of facing difficult teams. And I was just running through the remaining teams trying to do the math in my head. And I I seem to recall based on after New England's game, I think I calculated there was at least 30 points Still feasible to be grabbed in the second half of the season, and you know we're we're not that far out of it. But you do have to take into consideration certain teams do have games in hand on us, and you know the teams that are good are probably going to stay good. So they're going to be picking up points too as they go along. We just sort of have to eat away at the margins.
1: Yeah, I mean you know it, it's certainly, and there's a whole bunch of quotes. So let's get let me get to some of the quotes because uh, oh, okay. we have we have some quotes that came out of training. Uh, that I want to get to because they're they're more relevant to what we're talking about now. Uh, this is Siggy Schmidt talking about the uh, the team's play of late. Is it misleading, despite that they are five one and three in their last nine games? Um, and they're unbeaten in the, their last six. And by the way, uh, I did kill somebody's fun on Facebook who was like, we're on a six-game unbeaten streak. This season is so much better than last season. And then I, of course, had to remind them that last season the Galaxy had an eight-game unbeaten streak. So um, just it doesn't mean much. By the way, this is the second time this season, uh, this is only the second time this season, the Galaxy have had back-to-back wins, uh, and they're going for the first time this season where they've won three in a row. Um, so if they go to Philadelphia and win, that will be the first time this season that they have three wins in a row, and that is a very realistic possibility with how Philadelphia has been playing as of late. Not great, not horrible, um, so they're sort of right in the middle with the LA Galaxy there, but here's Siggy Schmidt talking about, uh, you know, the team's play as of late. He says, Things equal out. There's two games in there that we should have won and tied. So there's four points we left on the table, and maybe this past weekend we stole three. So we're still behind where we should be. Things have a wave of overtime of evening out a little bit for us. I'm not disappointed with how we're playing. We're realizing and we're recognizing what works for us, and that's code for playing direct. Uh, that was my interjection, not Siggy's. Uh, continue with Siggy. Every team is a little bit different, and right now with the personnel we have, I think the team is realizing this is effective for us and makes us dangerous. We were dangerous against Columbus, even though we didn't control maybe the possession stats and things like that. We still found ways to be effective and dangerous. I think that's the key in any game. As we learn even more so how to play this way as a group, we'll get better and better in possessing the ball. We outpossess New England, but we were losing. Possession sometimes is not the stat that always predicts victories. All right. It's, I, don't, I don't have any issues with that wendy again i will no i will of of course say this that um anytime you see siggy Schmidt right now saying style of play and what the galaxy style of play is it mm-hmm. means that they're not possession based if you're expecting there's some teams who can do both atlanta United can possess the ball can build up for nice goals can score and they can beat you on the counterattack. they're they're versatile if you shut out one way they'll they'll find another way to do it the galaxy are one way street right now if you I'll be honest. If you gave the Galaxy the ball, Wendy, and sat behind it, you, w- you would beat them. You-, you could beat them every single time because the Galaxy, for whatever reason, at least right now, don't have the creativity to create goals from possession. They do create goals from being direct, being fast, and playing off second balls and mistakes. Uh, but right now, that possession game is not there. And it's, it's that- almost
2: like we need a creative number 10 who can hold on to the ball. Where? Where can we get one of those? It's almost like we should have one of those. You right do. Now, you do. Thinking.
1: This is my argument. You want to oh. hear my argument? This is my. This is my argument. There uh-huh. is no better place in an LA Galaxy lineup um, for Giovanni dos Santos than where he is playing right now. In fact, there has never been a time in LA Galaxy history since they got Giovanni dos Santos where he can be more effective. Than where he's playing right now and there's two reasons and he's playing that we'll call it a 10 it's a creative role underneath the two forwards uh sort of almost at the top of a of a diamond if you're playing a 3-5-2 although there's no diamond in there but just figure that the, that that number 10 roll sticks out above the rest of the midfield and gets involved in the offense but there's two reasons one it allows him to be offensively minded he can get involved in plays whenever he wants to Um, the other thing is that there's almost no defensive responsibility for him. And so he doesn't even have to think about playing defense. And you saw in new England many, many times his hesitancy to do that. Um, but it doesn't necessarily kill the galaxy. What would kill the galaxy is if Jonathan Dos Santos decides that he also doesn't want to play defense, which is what happened a bunch of times against new England as well. So Giovanni Dos Santos, where he's at right now, there is no better place I've ever seen him. Then right there for the Galaxy. So if he wants to show up, if this is the time, Wendy, the the point in time, this is it. This has to be it. If he
2: wants to show up, then he'll be able to play. That's that's pretty exciting.
1: Hey, all I'm saying is that in this lineup, there is nothing that is detrimental to how, quote unquote, he likes to play. All right. So then,
2: there's absolutely no reason in the world why he should not be excellent,
1: right? Zero reason. This is okay. everybody wanted to know where Giovanni dos Santos fits the best, and you always had to sort of, you know, weigh in the fact that uh, he's not a striker, he's not a forward. That doesn't really matter. He's not really a ten. He's not a creative guy. That's not going to happen. And any position you play him on either wing, makes him play defense. So if he plays in the center, you have more of it. This is it. He can go both ways. He can go. He can go up in offense. He can pretend to chase on defense as long as he guides people towards Jonathan. Jonathan Del santos. i don't even care he doesn't even have to run that hard just sort of be like i'm in this space you can't have it and then you know jonathan dos santos can come in and play um well
2: well then this this is exciting because i am gonna buckle down and pay attention to the last half of the season because i cannot wait to see giovanni dos santos light up the field with his brilliance because if this is if he is in the perfect position to show us all of the numerous characteristics that he can bring us as a number 10. I am going to open my eyes and just watch cuz I am ready for my jaw to drop because I want to see him show us all of the goods. I want to see it. Gio you show me, you shut my mouth up. I want to see it.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is it. I mean because of the way that the Galaxy set up the team and I didn't see it whenever they started playing the 352 because this is so because it's new to see Jonathan and Geo back in this lineup. Uh, you know, you see it against Columbus. Um, you know, you see it now against New England. Um, You're going to see it against Philadelphia. And the fact that Siggy Schmidt, even whenever there's substitutes to be made, is not going back to, you know, a 4-5-1. He's sticking with a 3-5-2. He's really trying to force that formation so that way the guys get used to it and comfortable in it. And I'm fine with that. I like that. Um, Even with the personnel changes that are going to happen with Carrasco not being as good as Perry Kitchen, uh, even with, uh, you know, I think Dave Romney probably moving over to the left-hand side and maybe uh, Shannon Williams coming in and playing that right-hand side. Um, however they figure out how to do it see Schmidt's gonna probably stick with the 352 again and expects lottan Ibrahimovic to be you know part of that as well and even when he wasn't you know it's Roman Alessandrini up there with Ola Kamara um, and the first Pontius goal happens because of two good runs from alessandrini and and from um, <coughs> excuse me Ola Kamara so you're seeing this Galaxy team start to understand the formation that they're playing in and that comes from Siggy Schmidt being stubborn about playing it over and over again and part of this now is that Giovanni dos Santos sitting in that 10 role the one where Bradford Jamison was, didn't have a ton of success, he can be effective in this role. This is, if there was ever a formation set up for his success, it's this one now. So, I mean, really, anybody who says that, you know, it's coaching or that, you know, that the Galaxy have never been able to find the right spot for Giovanni Dos Santos, well, you have to stop that now. Gio is in a place where he can be successful and he's with a bunch of offensive weapons now. I mean, imagine the Philadelphia Union, you're going to have to worry about Chris Pontius, you're going to have to worry about Ramon Alessandrini, you have to worry about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Ola Kamara and Giovanni dos Santos and you may laugh that people aren't ever pay attention to Gio but he's going to be involved in that offense and they're going to have to pay attention to him so that if he wants to be then yeah yeah, if, that, he,
2: if if he feels the desire to do so, then he will be involved in the office. If he doesn't feel it, then he won't.
1: Yeah, so. and and by the way, this is not me saying that he will ever be worth the amount of money the galaxy have paid him, because quite honestly, he would probably have to score in every single game from here until the end of his contract for him to be worth the amount of money that they that they uh, paid for him over these contract years. Um, so that's that's not the thing. But the thing is that if Gio can get going, Wendy, then this Galaxy team becomes not a fourth-place team in the Western Conference or a sixth-place team in the Western Conference. It becomes a second- or third-place team in the Western Conference. If, of course, we always have to caveat, if the defense can also fix it, it, its issues. Its continued mm-hmm. issues. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, once you get in a knockout competition, it is, I mean, as the World Cup, you know, showed us over the past month, that the knockout competition... Is unruly and unpredictable, and once you get into the knockout competition, there's no saying who's going to win. I mean, speaking of possession, when Spain played played Russia in the World Cup a few weeks ago, they carried something like 85 percent of possession, and they, lo- and they lost. Yep. So. Possession is can be a meaningless statistic depending on the team that you're applying it to. So if the Galaxy can get themselves into a decent playoff spot, which means I would love it. Do they still have the thing where you skip? There's two teams that skip the first round, right?
1: Yeah, I believe uh, number one and number two seed uh, skip that Uh, first sort of play-in game that they have. We
2: probably probably won't make that. No,
1: no, no. Because Sporting Kansas City, FC Dallas, Portland, um, those are probably the three teams that will battle for that best record in the Western mm-hmm. Conference right now, and uh, maybe FC Dallas. Uh, they've been playing very strong late. Uh, Sporting Kansas City's taken a little step back, but not horrible. Um, still a very good team in the Western Conference. There are there are two good teams in the Western Conference, probably SKC and, and Dallas. Um, so that makes sense. And then the Eastern Conference has you know five or six probably good teams. Um, so how, whoever gets into the playoffs in the Western Conference is going to get an easier time to MLS Cup. Um, that very well could be anybody who finishes sixth through first. We know that. Uh, that's a thing that happens in Major League Soccer. Um, and so we'll see We'll see how it goes. Um, let's get to Ashley Cole talking about um, mm. the game because we always like to hear My from man. Captain Cole. Uh, Ashley Cole says, um, if you want to win championships, you need to win ugly sometimes. The last game was like that, we're not complaining about the results, but yeah, I think you want to be very critical, for sure. We can and should be playing better, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a results-based sport. Whether you're playing the majors and not winning, people judge you on winning. It is ugly at the moment, but we're winning and climbing the table, which is what we want to do. We've had kind of tricky away games, different surfaces. I'm not making excuses, but we came out of that last game very happy. It was ugly, but now it's about picking up points. What we did was not was not as we planned, but at the end of the day, we came away with a victory. So uh, again, just sort of the guys talking after training about different thing um, and seeing how it goes. So that's what you have for this LA Galaxy team now, is okay. So you played bad at the beginning of the season, Wendy, and you didn't get any results out of it. Uh, you had some games that you probably should have won, but you didn't get any results out of it. Uh, now you had a game that you certainly didn't deserve to win, but hey, take the three points and shut up, okay? You get on the plane, you, dry, you fly back to Los Angeles, you spend a couple days here, you train, you do all that stuff, and then you get back on the airplane and head east for Philadelphia. That is what the Galaxy did, by the way. They did not stay on the East Coast. I know some people had theorized that was happening. Siggy Schmidt, a big believer in sleeping in your own bed, is ten times better than then sleeping in a hotel room for a week. So uh, they'll do that and travel. Now, uh, apparently, according to Twitter, at least, as I was uh, chasing everything down, it seems that uh, somebody, uh, not necessarily a Galaxy fan, but somebody who knew that the Galaxy team was on the flight with them, uh, <gasps> flew to Philadelphia uh, and said, hey, the LA Galaxy team was on my flight and, he, and, and tagged Zlatan Ibrahimovic on it, which means probably and most likely, and we've already theorized in this, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic will be available in Philadelphia for that game. All right, of
2: course, you know, well, I mean, they have a real field, so of course he will.
1: Yeah, well, and that was sort of my argument on Monday. I'm like, because there were a bunch of New England fans complaining that Zlatan didn't show up, and I'm saying that's fine. They'll put real grass in, build a soccer specific stadium. Zlatan yeah. will be happy to show up.
2: <laughs> yeah. By the way, the ownership of the New England Revolution has tons of money. They own the New England Patriots. They could easily build a soccer-specific stadium. And I know lots of complaints. Oh, it's hard. Downtown permits. Da-da-da. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I don't blah, care. Blah. We have a soccer-specific speci- yes. yeah. Specific. stadiums in Los Angeles. There's lots of city centers. You could do it, New England. So once your owner, once Robert Kraft decides to pull his head out of his tuchus and build a soccer-specific stadium, then you get to have Zlatan Ibrahimovic.
1: Yeah, it's it's very simple. Also, I want to pull from the New England game. The chat room reminded me. And yes, we can absolutely talk about this. Uh, The man of the match is voted on every game by people who log into the LA Galaxy app and vote for the player of the match. All right? So you can do that. I would just like to point out that I don't know who's voting, although... I, you know, this is a fairly predictable result whenever you say it, but um, if you would imagine, Wendy, the guy who scored two goals, one of them, brilliant goal, uh, Chris Pontius had a brace, um, you know, played, played unbelievable. Uh,
2: Amazing! Yeah, what a season seven! Amazing.
1: Listen, regression to the mean on him. All right, don't be surprised nice. if he doesn't score oh, for know. the rest of the year. But he's been but playing it's really nice.
2: Good. It's nice to have, for him, for you know, someone who's a real journeyman to have himself a nice little run.
1: Yeah, and certainly, and certainly, somebody uh, <laughs> I had I had commented. Somebody on Reddit argued with me about Chris Pontius and how he sucks. And so I just like to remind him of his stats all the time. And I did that on Monday, uh, and they responded back and said, "Thanks for the shout out." So uh, still going <laughs> to still going to harp on that every time you tell me. <laughs> I mean, the guys over at L.A. is our house still will never forget. I will never let forget that they thought Ashley Cole was horrible uh, during uh, his first couple seasons with the Galaxy. So, <coughs> oh, so yeah, that's oh how it goes. Consumed. But anyway, man of the match. All right. Listen, I know it's a fan vote. I would expect the fans to be a little smarter about this. Uh, Chris Ponies did not win man of the match. In fact, it was Jonathan Dos Santos who won oh, man oh of the match. Goodness. And then, of course, the L.A. Galaxy have to go out there and say the man of the match as voted b- by the fans is Jonathan Dos Santos, which makes them look foolish. Um, you know, and the
2: fans who actually watched the game, r- right? Uh, you couldn't, you could watch that game and conclude that anyone other than Chris Pontius <laughs> was a uh, no. man of the match.
1: No, no, oh, well. it, it was very good. So I, I would just, I would implore people to be a little bit smarter with their with their fandom votes for this stuff. It doesn't mean anything, um, but you know, I'm still very sort of, I don't know, gun shy about the galaxy in uh, in 2016. Whenever they decided that the media would no longer vote, and it's not the fact that. The media didn't get the vote, we and which we usually do on the MVP of the year, but they decided to make it a fan vote, and the fan vote had Giovanni dos Santos winning in 2016 as the as the the, the team's <laughs> MVP, and it was nowhere near Giovanni dos Santos. Um, in fact, it was Yella who would have been voted the defensive player of the year and the MVP, and that would have been the first time it happened in Galaxy history. And if the Galaxy would have voted, if the press would have voted, I'm fairly certain that Yella would have carried it in a landslide. Um, so it, it's manipulative in the way that they sort of choose and decide. So this year, it's unlikely the media is going to get the vote um, because the Galaxy are playing better, um, and so they'll allow a fan vote again. And they knew that if they did put out a fan vote, by the way, or at least this is my theory. They can always argue with me. They knew that if they put out a fan vote, that Giovanni Dos Santos would win it last year, right? And they knew that, that they couldn't let that happen because that was he didn't have a great year and the Galaxy were horrible, and he was not the MVP. He shouldn't have been. Um, so that's that's all the things that they go into this if you want to dig in behind all of this. So that's what I'm saying is the in Man of the Match, you kind of know with these popularity contest votes of what you're going to get when you get it. Um, I'm surprised Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't win even though he didn't make the trip. Um, it's, yeah. it's that type of thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, Zlatan's popular. Now, do you want to talk about Ashley Cole's other comment? His uh, his his little tweet?
1: Oh, please. I mean, yes. The the,
2: the tweet. That shook that that shook LA Galaxy Twitter fan base.
1: Did it did it shake them, or was it just like that's that's I, that's I, actually cool? I
2: felt shook for a moment. I felt uh,
1: shook for a moment. So uh, Mike Petke, uh, RSL head coach, blew up on uh, after a game, uh, and he has now been fined ten thousand dollars by the league for his comments regarding officiating. And the Real Salt Lake Twitter account also got fined ten thousand dollars. So <laughs> the, the organization got fined ten thousand, and Mike <laughs> Petkey himself got fined ten thousand. And Petke has been suspended uh, for two. games game, So, an additional game uh, besides the ejection. They were now MLS and their statement was very clear that it was because Pet Key got uh, this was his third violation, basically, with the MLS. Um, and they've warned him before and all these other things. And so, having been the third violation, that's why the $10,000 fine. It wasn't because he was probably dead on accurate, right? Whenever he called, said, Where's the accountability for the officials? Ashley Cole now. Uh, we sent Larry Morgan out there. Larry Morgan writes for Corner of the Galaxy. I sent Larry Morgan out there. I said, hey, see if Ashley Cole will talk. This was on Tuesday. And he goes, uh, he might not. I go, yeah, but try. I go, because I have a feeling he wants to talk about this, so so let's do it. So Ashley Cole, after that whole thing, put out a tweet that said, hey, I'll pay my pe- Mike Petkey's fines. Right? So I don't know <laughs> if that's still the case, but $10,000, he's sort of like, whoa, calm down, MLS. You know, maybe. <laughs> MLS,
2: MLS, MLS. Uh, listen, yes. MLS. You... Have to understand that when you find someone ten thousand dollars for saying something that you don't like, it does not send the message that MLS referees are good. And it will not stop people from saying that MLS referees are bad. In fact, what it causes people to believe is that you are so fearful of people knowing the truth, i e that MLS referees are terrible. Right. that you need to enact punitive measures that more befit a fascistic regime than a sports league. And if you were a sports league that was comfortable in your own skin, that accepted what it was and took ownership of what it was, you wouldn't need to resort to such measures. MLS, you remind me of perhaps myself, As a teenage girl who said to herself you know i'm gonna buy my clothes a size smaller than i actually am because i'm gonna get better and i'm i'm gonna lose some weight and uh, then eventually i'll fit into this dress which is totally inappropriate for me (laughs) unless don garber you're not a size four okay you'll never be a size four you need to accept that you're a size six and you can take ownership of that and that's okay. You need to embrace yourself, take ownership of what you are as a league. Currently, your refereeing is really really not good. And when people say it, you know, they want they're saying it cuz they want it to improve. They want it to get better. They want you to focus resources and attention on improving MLS referees. They don't want you to, you know, have to enact like these like dictate, you know, Measures which are more appropriate in a dictatorship, like Paul Pot is the kind of person who would, you know, find someone and impose gag rules on members of his own staff, right? So you don't need to, you don't need to be a dictator, MLS. Go ahead. It's, it's okay for Mike Pecky to say what he thinks. We all think it.
1: Yeah, it. Yeah. no, I, it's good. So anyway, so I agree with you, and, and there's lots of th- – listen – I'll be. Uh, can I? It, I agree with you in all the things that you said, and you've certainly heard me, Wendy, be uh, be critical of MLS, and we've talked about how the referees have in their collective bargaining agreement a rule that you're not allowed to ask about VAR. And so even if you do have pool reporters which are allowed to ask referees written questions and that pool reporter will get the answer from the referees if you all do that and and you can you can do it. you can get answers but you can't get all the answers and it's probably not going to be the answer you want anyway and literally Scott French and I sat uh, a couple games ago trying to figure out how to excuse me how to ask a question to the referees and Scott French is a journeyman at, you know major league soccer reporter has written for mlssoccer.com and 442 and uh, has covered a whole bunch of local sports in southern california for so many years he's extremely smart and I, you know I'm no I'm no dim bulb myself I can usually figure some of this stuff out and we sat there for five minutes trying to figure out how to ask the question without mentioning VAR and eventually we had to give up so we didn't even get to ask the question because we couldn't figure out a way to answer it that we would ever get an answer and so it's all these little rules that you sort of have to play by in order to get answers to even do this and the transparency thing it just doesn't happen and I'm with Mike Petkey there needs to be why can't we ask the referees a question well here we go okay so Ashley Cole Uh, was I I think somebody has said this, and and I, I guess I agree, although I don't, I didn't watch him at his prime. Uh, was the left ba- Was the best left back in the world at one point. Um, he has played in yes. many leagues across this uh, this wonderful world. He is a guy who is known for uh, being, you know, sort of quiet. Um, but whenever he speaks, people tend to listen, and he's very smart about all this stuff. So Ashley Cole talked exclusively with Corner of the Galaxy's Larry Morgan. Uh, somehow we were able to talk to him, and this was a, before a game where he wasn't going to play. Which usually that means the guys aren't going to be available but he wanted to talk so he had a great chat with Larry I'm going to give you some of the quotes that he uh, talked to Larry about about MLS officiating so uh, this is uh, Ashley Cole he says I think he kind of apologized for his rant Cole said a pet key but sometimes people have to understand that we're passionate about the sport and things keep going wrong and people keep making the same mistakes I've said before, if you keep making the same mistakes as players, you don't play. You have to kind of answer why you're not playing well. I think for sure it should be the same for referees. We understand it's a hard job to pick things up straight away, but now you have VAR and you really shouldn't be making mistakes. I can see why he was frustrated, Cole said of Pecky. I've been frustrated for a long time. Um, And this is continued Larry's story. It says, Cole said it's getting increasingly difficult staying diplomatic while discussing MLS officiating. Yeah, for sure, he said. Like anyone, if we have a bad day at the office, we have to hold our hands up. They don't, they meaning the referees. It's just okay. Another game for them. But it's costing players suspensions, and it's costing teams points to close out he says it's hard to take we understand we have to take it but sometimes I think they have to understand our frustration we're not shouting for no reason there must be something going on while we're shouting all we're saying is did you not see this did you not see that in the Premier League you can have a conversation with them this is the difference they seem to Mm. feel you can't talk to them This is where the frustration comes from. That's Ashley Cole speaking to Corner of the Galaxy's Larry Morgan exclusively for the website. You know
2: what I think is really, really interesting about that? What? Is that he's saying how in the Premier League, which is a very highly regarded league, is certainly the most popular league in the world in terms of viewership and money and um, things like that. Um, that he's saying that you can have a conversation with referees. To me, what that makes me think about is how when someone is really comfortable in their position and they have a lot of authority in terms of uh, their competence, that they're open to communication and they're much more open to criticism. And I think that maybe MLS referees, because they are so much less experienced than uh, referees in Europe and they're you know, less well regarded that maybe the reason they refuse to communicate is there's that reflexive sense of they are really brittle when it comes to criticism because they themselves have, you know, have doubts and questions about their own competencies. And so it's just interesting to me that the more highly regarded referees where who would carry more authority are actually more open to and accepting of criticism. Whereas with MLS referees, they refuse to hear and they refuse to listen, and it's almost like maybe that's because they themselves have self have self doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. If if if, and I've done this many times, I'm sure people have talked to me on Twitter. If I'm very confident in a particular topic, you can you can argue with me all you want. I'll stay pretty level, calm, and I'll react and tell you you are a moron, but say it really nicely. Um, if you come at me against something where I'm sort of a little less sure, I usually attack. Um, you know, it's usually out there. I'm like, no, then I just scream, "You're a moron!" Although I do that whenever I'm sure, sometimes too. So maybe that doesn't always work. But no, you're right. There is that tendency to do that, and I think with Ashley Cole. Um, by the way, I would like to point out very clearly that if Ashley Cole gets fined for his comments that appeared exclusively in Corner of the Galaxy, we will not be paying uh, Ashley Cole's <laughs> fine. I just wanted to wanted to make sure we got that on the record. Oh, um, Josh. So, uh, so Larry Morgan was telling. Me that whenever he was talking to Ashley at the end of this, he uh he said uh, he asked Ashley. He goes, "So uh, if I get a speeding ticket on the way home, will you pay my fine?" And Ashley <laughs> said, he "said Absolutely." So see, Ashley Cole really okay. is paying everybody's fines. All right. So see,
2: see now I would have a problem with you paying Ashley Cole's uh uh fine because I still well I still haven't gotten my double doubling my zero dollars a year salary. Yeah.
1: I want the check is in I, the mail. The check is in the mail. I don't know. Maybe it's the U.S. Postal Service. Maybe you should check that out. That's how that's how it works. I'm waiting for my think, check too. I
2: think ultimately that MLS referees really just want respect. Um, Res- they really just want to be respected for the fact that they're trying to do a good job. But I just I wish that people would. I don't know. I I wish people would understand how frustrating it is to be a fan and watching a game and feeling like the officiating is really interfering with the outcome. Like. Not in, a, not in a, you know, really, not in a minor way, but in a really substantive way that the officiating has impacted outcomes of games so many times that it's so frustrating. And so I do appreciate everyone wants to feel respected within their profession, respected for the work that they do. It's just so hard, really, as a fan. You, you know, people pay money to go see these games. They bring their children, their grandparents, their husbands, their wives, their friends. And to see it, it's just like your day is sort of, you know, it really puts a damper on the experience.
1: Yeah, it it can, um, and I'm fine with refereeing deciding games when they get the call right. By the way, um, that's fine. You can you can. There were several calls this week that were like referees were afraid to make the call, um, especially in that Atlanta Seattle game, which was nuts. There should have been a couple red cards in that game and some penalty kicks, and like. Apparently, VAR was just like, nah, we're good. You know, oh, we don't need to do that. No, it's you know, it's fine. All these things that would uh, <laughs> that sort of come into it. Um, you know, as a side note, Wendy, I'm bothered today, and you know, this has nothing to do with the galaxy, but I'm I'm hungry. Ooh. I'm hungry Ooh. right now, and the reason I'm hungry is because I went to Subway earlier today, um, to get a sandwich. And I, I agree that Subway's not the best place to get a sandwich. That's that's not really the 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 point of the story here. Um, but I was hungry. I went to Subway. What, what do you know Subway for? I mean, if you go to Subway, what do, what Sandwich. do you... Sandwiches. You're getting sandwiches, and sandwiches are usually on, on bread, correct?
2: Correct.
1: Okay. So if you have sandwiches on bread, um, and the store that you go to has no bread, how are you supposed to have sandwiches? This is my only... In their defense, I'm sure five buses of extremely hungry men showed up, and each ordered seven sandwiches, and all they could offer me was the, whatever, that jalapeno crappy bread that they have that nobody ever orders, which is why it was left over. Um, but, yeah, so I haven't eaten, which means I'm going to be moody for the rest of the show, and it's because Subway, who is known for their freshly baked bread, Wendy, didn't have any bread. That was it. I just I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh,
2: Josh. Uh, Josh, usually I'm the person does diatribes on this show. I feel like Josh mainly avoids diatribes, but that was a... Totally irrelevant. you went, like full Wendy mode there. I
1: think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And we're trying to. You're, you're, we're having trouble with your audio, so I'm going to try to work on it as we as we continue to go. It's not your fault. I can tell it's the sound, but the soundboard is starting to die, boys and girls. Uh, just so you know. So one of these days, all I need is two thousand dollars. If anybody has two grand, just sitting up, burning a hole in their pocket, uh, then we will happily happily take that off of your hands and we can get a new soundboard in here and, and get that all done. But anyway, so yeah, so that's where, that's where we sit right now. Uh, I just wanted to tell everybody that I'm hungry and I wanted to let everybody know that. All right, uh, I wanted to get to this before we get too much further. It is an important part of this entire show. It is that with the LA Galaxy having 15, excuse me, 15 more games, uh, with a total possible 45 points, Wendy, uh, how this LA Galaxy team might do for the remainder of this season. Um, it is... It is interesting to see where it is. I'm going to give you a stat right now. This is an interesting stat. I pulled it up. I looked at it. The LA Galaxy currently will play, through their remaining 15 games, just three games in which they will play somebody who is ranked above them in the standings right now. So only three games where there are teams that are ranked above them, and two of those games are against LAFC, who currently sits in fifth position. So the LA Galaxy will play teams... Almost the majority of their teams, um, let's see, 12 games of the remaining 15 against teams who currently have a worse record or sit lower than them in the standings. So yeah, no, you're right, and, and that really should be what the Galaxy are doing, um, is picking up points in this. But how many points do you think they can pick up, Wendy? Again, a possibility of 45 points, all right? And I'm not looking at playoff numbers or anything else. I was looking at the teams, and I ran through every team. So we're going to do it quickly. Okay, but we're going to go through every single game. There's 15 games. um, And I want to make sure we get through every single one. uh, And you tell me win, lose, or draw. I will tell you the opponent. And I will tell you whether that game is home or away. And if you're not judging away games differently than home games, you're not playing right. So everybody plays along at the same time.
2: Okay, this is a game. Good.
1: All right, I'm going to get out my pen to write down your answers because I already have my answers. The LA Galaxy. We all know about this one coming up at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We'll play against the Philadelphia Union on Saturday, July 21st. This is an away game, Wendy. How many points did the Galaxy get? Win, lose, or draw? Three. Oh, so you're saying a win. Wow, that's win. brave of you. Win I have at them. Philly away. Because okay. we're
2: going to have Zlotz on. He hasn't played for two weeks. He yeah. should be fresh.
1: Yeah, they're going to draw that game. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're jumping ahead already. Uh, then a short turnaround. They will go to LAFC on Thursday. Um, this is at LAFC Bank of California Stadium, not Bank of America Stadium, as U.S. Soccer said in their press release today, Bank of California Stadium. Win, lose, or draw against LAFC.
2: I'm going to say that's a loss.
1: Okay, good. You and I have the same one. They do lose that game. LAFC is going to be pumped up and ticked off against that last game. Orlando at home. Win. I have that one as a win, too. All right. uh, Let's see. Away to Colorado. Win. All right. You and I are on the same page there. Home to Minnesota. Win. Home to Colorado. Win. Away to Seattle. Reminder, it's on turf.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say draw.
1: You, you and I are on the same page. Uh, uh-huh. Home to LAFC.
2: Uh, when?
1: I have a draw. Okay. Uh, well, it's
2: no, close. Fine. That one's that's really
1: close. I, I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. Saturday, let's see. We go against Real Salt Lake away. Loss. Oh, I have a draw there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, away to Toronto FC. <laughs>
2: ooh interesting tons of travel, but they're really not good right now. um draw
1: I have a draw there as well good job um <laughs> we're we're basically on the same page for most of these okay. uh uh home to Seattle when yes uh home to Vancouver
2: oh oh um uh, I'll say I'll say I'll say win.
1: Yes, that is the correct answer. I like how there's a correct answer for this stuff. <laughs> really, uh,
2: it's the Josh's answer yes, is the correct answer. That is
1: right. Away to Sporting Kansas City. Loss. Yes. Uh, away on turf, the second to the last game of the season in October against Minnesota United.
2: Ugh, that's going to be an awful game. Um, ugh, that will be terrible. Uh, draw.
1: Okay, I have a win there. Uh, and then finally, the home game against the Houston Dynamo, last game, October 28th. Win. Okay. So, if you have Josh's uh, uh, schedule here, uh, Josh had 8-2-5 and five for 29 points. Um, let's see. Plus 2. <laughs> plus 2. I'm adding up as we're going along. Uh, plus 2. Minus 2. So you're two four
2: plus four so far.
1: Yeah. So basically, I think you. I think it ends up being your plus two overall from what I had. So you had thirty one points versus my twenty nine points. So I had them going eight two and five. Somebody said fifty points. Um, Um, I think that might be a little much, but it is. And I don't, and I think that trying to beat LAFC at home on Thursday on a short week is going to be a difficult, but I think that's a rivalry game and anybody can win it. So it's certainly not something that's outside the realm of possibility. I
2: just think the LAFC, they're going to be in their home stadium. They're going to be psychotic out of their minds to, to win after what Zlatan did to them the first March 31st. I mean, they're going to be like, frothing at the mouth. So So that's why I think that that's going to be a loss. But I think that we could win when they come back to our stadium.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know there are games on this schedule that we just said. There are wins that are going to be draws because Galaxy didn't play well. There are going to be Draws that might be wins because the Galaxy did play well. I mean, if you look at the average, I'm thinking, you know, between 25 and 29, you know, maybe 25 and 31 points is probably pretty good. But that means a significant increase in the amount of wins and the amount of results that you're getting from the LA Galaxy in these final 15 games. I mean, going 8, and eight 2, and 5, which is what I have them at, is a great clip I mean, you're going to see. Oh yeah! First of all, you'd see a you know a three-game winning streak, and then there's a four-game winning streak that you know both you and I predicted. There's like a six or six or seven game unbeaten streak, maybe eight or nine game unbeaten streak. Wow, I'm still stretching at 10, 11, 12 game unbeaten streak. <laughs> I mean,
2: and We're, it's- Why do we do this to ourselves? Though? I don't know. It, you we, know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen. We're not gonna win all these games. We're just, the, I say this to Christian all the time. Why do we do this to ourselves? Christian has told himself this fantasy magical realism story that Antoine Griezmann secretly wants to come and play for the course. LA Galaxy yes. when his contract expires with Atlético Madrid. And I just think to myself, I think you live in a magical fairy. Like, I don't know what to tell
1: you. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> I, I always, I always tell fans, it's okay to live in it's a. It's okay. It, it's
2: okay. We're. It, it, it's okay to have, tell ourselves these stories. You, it's nice
1: because you have to sleep at night. You don't want to. You don't want to go in there saying, "Oh, they're going to lose this game." You want to have. Of course hope. not. Of course not. You want to have hope that something is going to happen, even if it's against what you would think is conventional wisdom on some of this stuff. That's okay. Uh, LA Galaxy currently. Uh, let's see. Tw- of course,
2: this is all relative. It's all dependent upon what other what other teams do relative to what we do at the same time. So like if SKC is simultaneously racking up points, it's not like we're going to eat away at their advantage. So it's, it's all just, there's so many things, so many variables going on, but hopefully we will slowly, slowly, but surely maybe climb up to, I think a great, a phenomenal end to the season would be third place.
1: Third place, I think fourth place is reasonable. I think that outside of the top two, any spot underneath the top two, including last place in the Western Conference, is perfectly achievable. Although San Jose really does seem to have the last place in the Western Conference sort of wrapped up, although they're going to fight for it (laughs) with the Colorado Rapids. Um, That was the same San Jose Earthquakes team the Galaxy couldn't beat after being up uh, two goals. So good. All right. (laughs) Just I can't help but jabbing whenever I see the opportunity to do it. Um, the Elder Galaxy in 6th place, we've talked about that. They are in 10th place in the Supporters' Shield, which means they are above the 50% mark in terms of teams. Um, so I don't know if any of you had that going on in your in your schedules and your predictions, but that's certainly something to take a look at. We talked a little bit about this, but let's get into it now as we're uh, closing out the rest of the show here. LA Galaxy will travel and have traveled as we're recording on Thursday. They've already traveled to Philadelphia. They will train in Philadelphia on Friday for the game on Saturday. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff. Uh, the game is on Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes, so it will not be on ESPN+. Do not complain whenever that is the case. Uh, let's see. You had uh, Suspensions, Perry Kitchen, Suspended yellow card accumulation. Uh, Ashley Cole suspended uh, two yellow cards in the ejection from the last game. So uh, there will have to be substitutes that get put in there in order to make this Philadelphia game uh, and the LA Galaxy roster a whole thing as they move forward. Uh, Philadelphia, 7 9 and 3, 19 games played 24 points. They're 7th in the Eastern Conference right now, Wendy. 15th in the Supporters Shield. LA Galaxy, 8 7 and 4, 19 games played 28 points. Uh, sixth in the Western Conference and tenth in the Supporters Shield. The last time Chicago, or last time Chicago, last time Philadelphia played was against Chicago on July 11th. They've actually had a U.S. Open Cup game in between that time, which they uh, they beat Orlando one to nothing on Wednesday night. Um, So they're coming off short rest, but it was in Philadelphia. So the Galaxy don't get to use the uh, travel against uh, Philadelphia to their, to their advantage. Uh, (laughs) But it was a four, three win at Chicago on July 11th. They also apparently played a friendly with Eintracht Frankfurt on seven 14. I have no idea what the score of that is, but just to say that despite the fact they haven't played a league game since July 11th, they've played two games since then the July 14th and July 18th um, when they played in the U S open cup, the LA galaxy haven't played of course, since last weekend, Uh, a three, two win at New England on July 14th, and they have a short week getting ready for the Thursday LAFC game as well. I'll tell you this, that in Philadelphia's uh, last two games, that includes the U.S. Open Cup game, Wendy, and the game against Chicago Fire that they started basically the same exact starting lineup. So um, whenever you're looking at these and and the games that they have played, uh, they are starting a first team, and they did start a first team, (laughs) excuse me, against Orlando in that U S open cup game. So perhaps there is some squad rotation against the galaxy coming up on Saturday, or perhaps they play the same players and they might have a little bit of uh, tiredness to their legs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, Philadelphia has no streaks coming into this. They're one and one in their last two league games. The LA galaxy, of course, riding a six game unbeaten streak. Um, Really, their best player that you're going to want to look at is a midfielder. He leads the team in goals and assists. It's Boric Dachel. Um, He has five goals and six assists. Obviously, you have Alejandro Bodoya on this team as well. Um, they have Ilsenio, who's been playing uh, pretty well. The back line can give up goals. And, of course, they are anchored back there on the back line by Andre Blake, the goalkeeper who has five shutouts, has made 70 saves on 102 shots. And David Bingham... LA Galaxy goalkeeper has six shutouts, made 72 sh- saves on 103 shots. Uh, whenever I look at these two teams, Wendy's, they really feel like they are even in terms of their abilities right now, with maybe the LA Galaxy uh, certainly taking the advantage of, you know, having more talent on the field in terms of their offensive talent.
2: Well, we're hobbled by the fact that Cole is red card in Kitchens on yellow card watch, but there is only one Zlatan. And I seriously hope that at the LAFC game, Zlatan calls Carlos Vela a little man again. I I you really want, to see, want to see that. You
1: want to see Okay. Well, I That's
2: mean, <clears throat> what I really want to see is him just like, you know, do exactly what he did to Vela the last game. Oh, yeah, it that is. was so priceless.
1: <laughs> by, by the way, Christian is in the chat room saying that Griezmann's coming to the LA Galaxy. So oh, of course. I just wanted to let you My know dear. that My that was happening. Dear. But anyway, I mean, this Philadelphia game is, is an important game. One, it's because they can get three points. Uh, They can. I don't think they will. I think they'll get a draw. This game sort of screams draw on it. Uh, I think the offset of the LA Galaxy travel, the fact that they honestly did it last week, Wendy, might actually help them in terms of just understanding their level of fitness. Hopefully it didn't degrade over the same travel, you know, doing it twice in a row which it could, uh, but it sounds like the Galaxy made it on time and there were no issues there so we'll see how that goes and continues to go for the Galaxy as they get ready for this game, but I don't see anything. It looks like Bradford Jameson who had a hip strain at one point. It looks like he will be available. Um, it doesn't look like uh, Sebastian Legette is still not available, and despite the fact that I was told it was oh short-term, God. and now seems to be stretching in the long-term. Um, so we'll see if we get any updates on that. Um, but that's sort of where it looks. I, I think you're going to see... Um, Servando Carrasco come in and play for Perry Kitchen. I think you're gonna see Dave Romney come in and play for Ashley Cole I think oh. you're gonna see Shane and Williams possibly play um, on the right-hand side or you're gonna to get to, uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce come into that and play <sighs> uh, in that back line as well The bottom line is the back line is gonna change and that's oh, gonna cause
2: Servando Carrasco. I don't like that. I don't like that sub swap. For you don't, you Sor- don't have Carusco a choice for Perry. Yeah, I know. You, you, could,
1: you could put Baggio who who's not a defensive midfielder and no, is really No, I don't like
2: that either I don't have, there's nothing that I'm going to like about
1: this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of one of the things that you have to look at and, and people so rightfully asking, you know, does Roman Alessandrini get a start or does he come in as a super sub? He may sub just because of the back to back sort of work that he had to do. And the fact that maybe he, or or he could start. I mean, I don't know the answer. If I had a definitive answer, I'd lean you in one direction. Yes.
2: Um, it does seem to make him very mad when he substitutes, but I, you know, he it, played, he plays, I think he plays really well. And I mean, I think he played really well in new England. He got, he, you know, did some, made some amazing runs. He had really, really helped the team, but He's so passionate, you know. He's such a passionate Frenchman, you know. He's just, you're, you're, he just you can tell he just burns under. He just burns with the desire to compete.
1: Well, well, and here's the thing: if you're gonna rotate, think about bringing Ima Boateng in, who didn't get a ton of minutes uh, in the last game, and I think came in in the 77th minute, so he's rested. You can bring him in. You can put Alessandrini Drini on the bench, or you could rest Pontius, who's been getting a ton of minutes and been doing a ton of work. So you sort of have options there between those three players. Two of them will start. One of them will be on the bench, and whoever's on the bench is gonna come into that. Game. Game and play, um, so you are going to see some of that uh, rotation. I, in fact, I almost guarantee it, especially with the short week against uh, LAFC on Thursday. Granted, they'll be home, but it's still short. They won't get home in, from Philadelphia until Sunday, Monday, Wendy, Monday when that was that was interesting <laughs> i liked how i said that okay Makes sunday a, like
2: monday and wendy
1: yeah i was like sunday sunday Wendy. that that's Wenday, okay i was just try, i was just trying oh my to god, run it josh i know a okay, valley girl all right josh
2: are you are you were you from the valley josh i was not oh my god
1: i was from the beach bro that's Only,
2: oh uh, holy oh uh. holy you're so from oc
1: anyway so we get back to it <laughs> josh, um i like am I am. Um, So, no, I mean, so you're going to see somebody switch off in that. um, You're going to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic starting up top. You're going to see Ola Kamara starting up top. None of those things should change. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos will be in the 10 role. Somebody will start on the left-hand side. Pontius, Boateng, Alessandrini. Somebody will start on the right-hand side. Tang, Bonnie is Alessandrini. Not obviously. I don't think they're going to do it on the right-hand side, but I think that's how it's going to look. Uh, in the midfield, you're going to have, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos next to Servando Carrasco, and then you're going to have, um, you know, Dave Romney playing the Ashley Cole role, which is going to be that swing, getting forward and coming back. So he will be into the midfield uh, a little, probably less as a, as an offensive option than Ashley Cole is going to be, but you're looking at a team that is probably going to play more defensively minded anyway, knowing that they don't have Perry Kitchen and they don't have Ashley Cole in it, so they may sit back a little bit more. Um, But this is a Galaxy team who can certainly score against Philadelphia, who can certainly score goals um, anytime, and unfortunately while I don't believe in this from Siggy Schmidt and I think this is the wrong way to go, if they focus on defense, if they can keep Philadelphia in front of them, if they can find holes in behind Philadelphia's defense, which I certainly think are there, um, then they can score the goals but they're gonna have to keep philly in front of them this time the union are a decent team they're not great but they're also playing in an eastern conference that is much better than the western conference so don't just look at their table position and think that they are a a a much worse team than the galaxy they're very even could possibly be even um you know a little bit better than the galaxy at home on the night so that's where you uh where you certainly have so
2: you called that a draw right
1: i did i did i just it's it's a lot it's a lot of work it's a lot of work for the galaxy to do, so that's yeah. But,
2: no, I agree, and I was just thinking, you know, with Kitchen Out, uh,
1: I know you want. Carrasco, I know you want to start. Whenever you start midfield, digging into uh, the details, you want to start like revising your your guesses midfield, and stuff. I did. I've the already the
2: midfield. Done that. I want Roman to start. I don't want Carrasco there. I but want. He's uh, going to.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's that's just how it is. So anyway, so that's where it is, and then. Um, you know, Carrasco has been injured, but is back, so I expect him to play there. It doesn't seem like that's an issue anymore um, unless they come up with a magical injury that I don't know about again, which happens all the time. So uh, that's how it goes. But Zlatan at least looks like he was on the flight this time. Um, although I swear, Wendy, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I swear I saw him in the video that they had at the Galaxy Traveling last week. And I was like, oh, he traveled for sure. And then they're like, oh, he didn't travel. I'm like, so did he just go to the airport and show up for the video? <laughs> Which, by the way, I would totally do if I was the Galaxy. I would be he's like,
2: so no, he's just so close to his teammates that he wants to get them to the airport and hug them and say, you know, have a safe trip.
1: Yeah. No, 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 he, absolutely. That could have been it. I have no idea. Maybe I was seeing tall Swedish strikers. Um, mm,
2: I see tall Swedish strikers, strikers. in my
1: sleep. I'm sure you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's go ahead and uh, and close this one up. Uh, the LA Galaxy again face off against the Philadelphia Union uh, coming up on Saturday. It's a 4pm kickoff time on the West Coast, 7pm kickoff time on the East Coast. Spectrum Sportsnet, Spectrum Reportes is where you can find it. That means an early night for everybody on Saturday. So go out, find your watch parties, uh, enjoy your time out there and then of course back for a short week a very short week as the LA Galaxy face off against LAFC at Bank of California Stadium uh, first time the Galaxy play there. My first hopeful trip there as long as they approve my credential which they should. Um, so I will be there covering that game as well on Thursday and then the Galaxy will play Sunday against Orlando so a lot of soccer coming up our schedule for live shows next week looks like our live show is going to be on Friday night so after the LAFC game on Thursday we will back on Friday and I'm hoping to have Mr. Kevin Baxter uh, the panda himself back from Russia uh, rested and well enough to come back on the podcast so we will see if uh, if all that happens that will of course happen on Monday if it does All right, Wendy that's it anything else you want to get to before we uh, get on out of here Nope. All right, tell people where they can find you.
2: You can find me at Corner of the Galaxy in American Soccer Now and on Twitter at Bards Blonde.
1: All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J J G U E S M A, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. That's a great place to find me and certainly someplace where uh, you can find all of our information. Also, go to the website, corner of where you can get our live shows, uh, you can get our podcasts, you can get our articles, and everything else all right that does it for us another busy week for the la galaxy about to get a lot busier game on saturday game on thursday game on sunday uh good luck to everybody who is uh traveling out to philadelphia i think there might be one or two of you be safe we'll see you whenever you get back all right for miss wendy thomas i'm josh gessman you've been listening to corner of the galaxy on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.